Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's the WNR 379, it's Impact Emergence and I have the pleasure to be joined by the ultimate one, how you doing man? Hey buddy, I'm back in your show again for the second week in a row. <laughs> we just can't <laughs> get enough and like you said, um, we you joined us for our live show at SummerSlam. Of course, it ended up being the biggest show ever on the WNR podcast. And, of course, uh, you were one of the many reasons that it was. What were your experiences of the live show and the kind of reaction since as well? Uh, I think, it, you know, honestly, it felt it's like hanging out with the boys and the girls. Forget about Doxie. Uh, you know, it's just hanging around and like in a round table getting to talk about all the stuff that was going on that week, you know, with the wrestling, with the emerge, I think it was a uh, resurgence. We talked about, we talked about the triple A, we talked about SummerSlam. And then, you know, to get a couple of people in, in, a, in a show that is um, very gifted as far as knowing the pro wrestling industry and talking about how they really feel. They don't, you know, they don't cover, you know, they don't uh, play fan favorites because of a promotion you know they give they take and keep it and they keep it real you know say that's the fun of it that i had um i'm glad i was part of that i'm glad i was part of the reason of you getting a high show or a high rating in your show and you know um i guess you know i look up to you now because i i want to have that type of that type of base in my show but you know but i'm glad i was part of you know uh history making for your show um and you know and i won't hesitate to do it again no, and like I say, you are part of this show as well, so you're kind of one of the lucky ones. And yes, it's like you've got the chokes on applaud, which may be, of course, but now you're a part of this as well as the kind of ultimate one on the WNR podcast. Because like I said, for the past year, watching Impact Wrestling, putting yourself through that for this, uh, and of course, <laughs> AEW as well. So it's just much appreciated, you know? You know, you know what's crazy is, uh, you know, I feel that Impact could um, be much better than what they are right now. Now, don't get me wrong; they do they they do their pay per views weekly, and they try to put a great show for the fans. And yeah, maybe the cart may not be so great, but you know, a lot of we had Slanniversary, which was a very very good show. We had Rebellion, which was pretty good. Hard to Kill was pretty good. The other ones in the middle may not be to the standard of a big pay-per-view name, whatever. I think they could still do it, but I think they still play a little bit of that WWE style of, of show, especially when they do these. Uh, I think they got now uh, Madison Rain doing a talk show along with uh, whatever her other name is. Uh, you know, and I feel that they don't need that in their show. If you just keep it on pro wrestling, people are going to enjoy it more. You know, they, they try to do a little backstage stuff. I think if they stay away from that, it'll be a better show. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Well, we're going to get on into Impact in a little bit. But like you talked about in the live show, we didn't have time to finish uh, NW Resurgence. So we're going to look back at Resurgence quickly and just finish off what we didn't last time. And we left off with the the next match was the Good Brothers, the Carl Anson, Doc Gallows, defeating John Moxley and Nagata. That was 10 minutes. Nagata was Moxley's mystery partner. You see uh, the numbers advantage was too much, and Anson hit the gun stun, followed by the Magic Killer to win. There was fireworks during the match, and the Good Brothers were kind of dominant. And probably here's why, because afterwards, with the mic not 
you know, working, unfortunately. The Grillies of the Grillers of Destiny walked out. The two teams faced off. Now, there's one thing I've learned from you is how much you love the Grillers of Destiny. You've wanted to see them, and we got that moment. What were your thoughts on the match and the face-off at the end? Well, you know what? Them coming out after the match with uh, Moxley and Nagata and the Good Brothers, that right there tells you that New Japan Pro Wrestling is not a, 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 a promotion that, you know, they're going to let the guys go on Twitter, you know, uh, pretty much, um, you know, jaw jack and, and put all this stuff and calling out other tag teams and all that. But New Japan played it off real good. They waited to it. This, they were able to do a pay-per-view show in in United States and have then the Gorilla Destiny show up and face face to face with the with the good brother makes you want to ask yourself now where are they going to face each other are they going to show is the gorilla destiny not only show the, you know even though they showed up and resurgent are they going to show up either impact or in aew because remember the good brothers are in both of those shows due to the impact and aew or working relationship so if you think about it um the question is when are they going to have another face-off now my theory and I'm going to play booking here, uh, fantasy booking. Because of the Bound for Glory, the impact right now is advertising as a show where they're going to have Triple A, AEW. I believe they're going to have NWA, I'm not sure. Uh, and then they put the Bullet Club logo popping up in their video package showing that they're going to do it in Las Vegas. So if they're showing up that Bullet Club uh, you know, uh, logo, it's not only the Jay White and um, Chris Bay. I have a feeling that the Gorillas of Destiny are going to show up and, uh, either sometime before that event happens where they're going to have a face-off again against the Good Brothers. So that's something to look forward to. And that, that's why I love when Tamatanga kept telling Karan to smack me in my face. You say you're going to smack me, smack me in my face. But he, they backed off. So that lets you with the wondering, like a cliffhanger. You know, I'm a big fan of cliffhanger. It lets you, you know, hang on to everything that's happening and you wait to see when it's going to happen. And then when it happens, then you prepare yourself and more now you're going to be excited about it. So that's, you know, I think that's what's either, either going to happen in Impact or AEW. Well, this is the thing. I think that the match deserves the biggest crowd possible. So whether that is an AEW pay-per-view or even if they wait... For kind, of, I mean, could they wait to wrestle Wrestle Kingdom to have the match, or you would think? No, I don't, now, I, I mean, don't it's think so. six months. Because, so. Yeah, because it's, it's you're making the fans wait too much. Uh, wrestle Kingdom's a what, January fourth, and then to top it off, are you still Impact? Are still going to have those tag team belts on the Good Brothers? You know what I'm saying? I mean, even though Impact don't really have a tag team, but are you going to keep those belts on these guys that long? Because if you're going to make it interesting, you have to put something on the line, you know? I mean, right now, the Good Brothers are the world champions. So why not have the Gorillas of Destiny confront them, challenge them for the Impact Tag Team titles, and then that makes it even much better. It can, Listen, it could happen at AEW. It could happen at uh, Full Gear. You know what I'm saying? Because Full Gear is, what, two months down the line? Uh, November something? So you could have something like that. But I think it's going to happen about Full Glory because Impact... I think Impact is more uh, involved more with New Japan, and they want all those guys to come in. And then to think about it, they want 
that type of uh, superstar power so they could get people to buy the pay. I think without a doubt. Well, the next match was the co-main event, Never Open Weight Championship. Jay White defeating David Finley in 23 minutes. See White hit sleeper suplex. Finley counted the blade run into a prima nocta, then rolled White up. Finley hit two and a half half suplexes. White countered the acid drop and hit the blade runner for the win. Uh, Jay is just a star. Uh, what did you think of this match, White? And also, question I want to ask you, why did Kozlov love White so much? Is there a connection I just don't know about? Because on commentary, he was just gushing. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think it's because, if you think about it, Jay White and David Finley, these were two guys. When I started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling again, and this was for somewhere 2014, the ending of 2014, 2015, and these guys used to open up the, the, the big events in Japan. They were young lions, and it seems like David Finley always used to be Jay White. And there's a history there. They'll say now these guys came up, they, you know, they got the new gears, but Jay White, because he was uh, groomed, to be a leader in, in the Bullet Club, along with Finn Balor back in 2013 or somewhere down that that line, so that's why he made it in a bigger in a bigger stage and he became the leader. David Finley, if you've seen him, he's been working his way up doing tag team. Now he's more recognizable because of his t- tag team with with uh, Juice Robinson and they won the World Tag Leagues and the tag team belts a couple of times. So. I guess with Koflov is because, you know, this is a guy, Koflov, I think he retired in 2014 or 2015, and he saw them uh, coming up, you know, as young Lions. So that's why I think he, he's, a, he's a big fan of Jay White and whatnot. Um, but, again, this match was good because of the history. And, and, and you know, and, and, it, and it pretty much Kevin Kelly and Koflov was really telling the story of, what happened with them from the beginning when they first started all the way to now. So that's what made it more exciting. But Jay White, he's he's on a league of his own. You know, I think to me, honestly, he's one of the top probably 15 wrestlers in the world that I think that, you know, he's, he's, he's always have a belt around his waist. This guy is, you know, he's a phenomenon. And, you know, and a lot of people don't like him. I don't know why, but Jay White is like my favorite single wrestler uh, in Japan. You know what I'm saying? Um, and right now, he's just my favorite because he, he jaw jacks, but he backs it up. Yeah, I think we're out now. And I think the shots on the turnbuckle for JY with the Coliseum in the background look absolutely stunning. I mean, sometimes the setting did justice, but it did there. And the Drama King on commentary as well said he can't wait to see where the switchblade goes up next. And after the match, uh, Tomohiro Ishii walked out and White dismissed him. White called him an undersized little bitch and talked about the championships if she hadn't won. And of course, um, this probably setting up a match at the next New Japan event as well. And then the main event, the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Lance Archer in 20 minutes. A nice promo beforehand looking at the history. We see Archer match just kind of being the monster he is but Tanahashi hit the high flow flow to uh, Archer's front to win the match and the championship with Moxley watching from the ringside. Uh, what did you think of this and why don't we get this last Archer in AEW? I, I, that's, that's the question I, I, I asked myself when I saw this match but the big question is why did they took the belt away so quick away from Lance Archer? Now once I saw this match and the fact that, that even Moxley was outside. 
You know, Moxley has been calling out Tanahashi for like almost two months, even in AEW. Um, the the you really if you really want to blame somebody as far as what you saw in Lance Archer with Tanahashi, you really got to blame AEW because the Lance Archer that was in Japan, when I used to see him in Japan, this guy was like unstoppable. You know what I'm saying? And he has lost a lot of body mass. He's he looks like he's thin. You know, he's a little thinner than he was before. But the, the amazing stuff that he does in that ring as a seven-footer. And I feel that it's not New Japan. It's AEW. They probably, probably tell him, look, maybe you got to calm it down a little bit. Because in Japan, you know, Lance Archer goes into the crowd like he's Stan Hansen or, or Big Van Vader. Or, you know, those guys back in Obuza Brody. They used to go into the fans swinging chains and the fans would run. That was that was Lance Archer in Japan. So, but the thing that kills me is, is... He just beat Moxley for the belt, and he defended his belt against uh, Hikaleo, and then two weeks later, he loses to Tanahashi. So to me, what that makes me believe that New Japan wants that belt back in Japan. You know what I'm saying? And Tanahashi, they figure, well, who's the guy who has won almost every damn belt in New Japan, and he hasn't won that belt? Of course, they're going to give it to Tanahashi. That's why I call Tanahashi the John Cena of New Japan. You know, the guy has, he has won every belt. Now they're talking about he, I think the first guy's going to get a shot at that belt is uh, Kodai Bushi. Uh, it was supposed to be Moxley, but I guess because of the, uh, you know, Japan has been having a lot of issue with the COVID. Right now, um, Kenta just announced that he had just finished uh, recovering from COVID. So COVID's still, you know, big and alive over there. So maybe that's why he's not going to travel, I guess, to AEW to face uh, Moxley. Unless he faced Moxley in November at Full Gear with the belt on the line, I could see that happening. You know, um, but overall, Resurgence wasn't a bad show. You know what I'm saying? It showed, and I like what Resurgence did. That it showed you what New Japan Strong is, that they show that show Fridays, and what New Japan is all about as a whole. So, I mean, the Tadahashi went beating Lance Archer. It, eh, I wasn't too happy about that because I'm a big Lance Archer fan. But if you want to give it to Tadahashi and you need to fell back in Japan, well, you know. Yeah, and like I said, the Tanahashi match I thought was going to happen at All Out. Now Moxley's facing Kojima, which, again, not a bad match, but this is a guy we saw Kojima on Impact a couple of months ago, kind of G. So maybe not the most exciting matchup. But as for the show itself, I think the MVP of the night, JY, because like you said, just a oh, superstar yeah. coming out there. The match of the night for me, Ishii versus Moose, because I haven't seen Moose for that you know <laughs> it was it was crazy yeah 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 you know it's like i told you last week when we did the the live show the thing that kills me is that new japan power didn't want ishii to lose to moose so that means moose gotta take another l on top of his uh his losses he's been having lately um and ishii and, and, and moose i mean they they tore the roof out with that that match and it was a totally different match compared to when they first meeting, like I mentioned last week, when uh, Ishii was the Ring of Honor TV champion. He had just beaten uh, Roderick Strong in Japan. Uh, and Moose wrestled him in Ring of Honor. And you see the difference when Moose was back then to when Moose is at now. You know, Ishii, of course, this guy, you can hit him with a, with a toilet seat. He's still going to come wrestle. This is the same guy that wrestled Kenta while he was concussed in a match in Japan about two years ago, okay? Uh, and it was for the Never Open Championship. And he wrestled concussed. Even though he lost, 
but he wrestled concussed. So that's how tough Ishii is. And I think you're right. That match of the night was that match. I think uh, the Jay White match was pretty good. I think the MVP, of course, was Jay White. But the match of the night was the Moose versus Ishii. Yeah, now I think out of 10, I'll score it an 8 and 3 quarters. Because maybe nothing ground breaking and maybe the kind of production and stuff like this was maybe missing a little bit. But an enjoyable show for someone that doesn't kind of watch New Japan maybe as regularly they should, you know? Yeah, you should watch it. I recommend it to you. So, <laughs> uh, I, I, I give it a nine. New Japan shows are always, uh, they never disappoint me at all. You know, I just finished watching yesterday uh, Grand Slam, which I'm a little behind on New Japan as far as Japan shows in Japan. But, uh, you know, they shows never disappoint me. I, I give them a nine, uh, you know, because three things in there. One, the uh, Gorillas of Destiny having a face-off with, the Good Brothers, which I was been waiting for almost eight months for this to happen. The uh, again, the Ishii versus Moves, which had me jump in because I was like, wow, the, the, those those pinfalls were very close. And then the Jay White and uh, David Finley, I knew they were not going to disappoint me because these guys had wrestled before in G1 Climax tournament. I wasn't it? No, it was the New Japan Cup. And David Finley, BJ White, this is where all the few comes from because. He eliminated Jay White out of the New Japan Cup. So, and this is before he beat Tadahashi for the Never Open Way title. So now that he was a champion, made it more interesting. Plus, the history that they had of as far as them coming up as the Young Lions made it that exciting. So I give it a nine. So we move on to Impact, August 19th, and Josh Matthews and Gia Miller in the ring. They let us know Christian Cage is the new Impact World Champion after beating Kenny Omega on AEW Rampage. A fight between Eddie Edwards and W. Morris, he spilled area, and Sammy Callahan gets in the ring to help Eddie so he can grab a mic. He has a match tonight, but he doesn't feel like waiting, so let's get to it right now, and it's Moose and Ace Austin versus Chris Sabin and Sammy Callahan, and we see Chris Sabin getting a win, stealing a pinfall from Sammy Callahan, so he's dropped hard on his head with the pile driver. I thought this was a fun way to start, but Moose on the losing end again, and Ace Austin eating a pin. First of all, first of all, this is my this is my my question when I saw this match. Why are they pushing um, Sabian? Chris, uh, you know, why are they pushing him so hard? Like, you got him beating Moose a couple of what? It was a pay-per-view. And now you got him winning a tag team match and whatnot. And, you know, and I'm like saying to myself, why are they pushing Sabian so hard? Like, this guy is, okay, I understand he's one of the old school, one of the pillars and, and when TNA came around. But you shouldn't be pushing Sabian nowhere near the world title picture. Why is that? You know what I'm saying? The Ace Austin, I think they just with him, they they have they had dropped the ball big time on this guy. You know what I'm saying? And and Moose, don't let me get started with Moose because Moose, ever since he signed that two year deal with Impact, they have not used him to his potential. They make him like this monster. They make him like this guy that could rip anybody's head off, but then Guy's like seven footer, and he's losing tag team matches or singles matches. Uh, this is the thing that drives me. Now, me and you talked about this. Is like whoever's booking these matches needs to get slapped across the head. I'm sorry, this is not something you should not be pushing, Chris Sabian. Nowhere near the world title. Pick. But the thing is, is like if you're just turning on the product for the first time, if you're just kind of general viewer, and you watch this guy Chris Sabian beating. 
Goose and looking better than like Semi Callahan, you're going. But this is just a lot of regular dude, and it's not until they kind of explain, oh, this is his history. Otherwise, he's just very, and I don't want to upset all the Sabin fans, but he's just a bit bland. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the, but but yeah, but that's the thing. If you're a first timer who never seen Impact, and you see this, and you don't know the history of Impact, yeah, that, that, that's that's good because they're gonna be like, wow, I like this guy, Chrissy. Who's this guy? But then people today. If they watch, they're going to do some type of research. And if they see that Sabian's been around forever, you know, since God knows since 2004, something that he first came in um, as one of the exhibition guys, they're going to be like, why are they pushing this guy? And these guys are, you know, they still, Moose, well, Moose is not that young, but Moose has only been around three or four years. They're still going to question it. Now, us as a hardcore fan, we know the deal. We're going to look at it and we're going to be disappointed. So that means. That you're pushing, you know, that's just what I'm saying is sometimes they do little WWE, I call it WWE style of wrestling. Like they keep pushing the same characters from the past. You can't do that because then when you, a guy like Moose gets into a main event match, let's say, for example, I don't know, maybe for the X Division tablet or whatever, you're not going to take him seriously. Like, oh, this guy's big, but he's going to lose. You know? So that kills the mood. No, I would agree with you there. You know, that's what I'm saying. We see footage from Resurgence when Gorilla's Destiny showed up to confront the Good Brothers, which we talked about earlier. Gallows in a match with Jumping, and he's more than ready late. Callahan wants a number one contendership match between himself, Moose, Asos, and Chris Saban, and the winner will face either Christian Cage or Brian Myers. He should have said, everybody thank him for getting rid of Kenny Omega because he was the one chipping away at the end of the week. Eddie Edwards comes in and tells him just because he's teamed up once doesn't mean he can come help him out. And again, it isn't happening that no one's showing him the respect he deserves. And then Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green versus Shearer. And of course, Cardona gets the free radio silence with shenanigans at ringside. And it's quite weird they build Shearer up as like a monster. And then Cardona's the same height. And I go, wait a minute, actually, there's not that much change. Uh, but with Cardona, are you happy what he's doing in Impact at this moment in time? It's funny that you're mentioning Cardona because I was just watching his matches. And I'm like, Matt Cardona, is they got him like this goody two-shoe type of guy. And, like, I don't know, there's something missing. I guess you know what it is? And I don't know if a lot of the fans that listen to your podcast know, this guy just finished winning... The game changer wrestling match, a wrestling title from Nick Gage, okay, the most extreme hardcore guy in wrestling right now. And you see the Cardona that won that title to the Cardona that you see in Impact as like a total, total different person, you know. So right now, because I know this, so when I see Cardona, I'm like, okay, they're making him this, you know, this goody two shoe guy and. You know, he's getting tricked. He he just he lost his uh, uh, Joseph Schuyler, I think he, the guy's name was. And it's like, Cardona's been in the business forever, and he's getting tricked and stupidity like that. I don't know. It's something, him and Chelsea Green, like, they're making Chelsea Green this badass chick. They'll fight men and all that. I think the booking there is not on point. Well, we move on, and we see Madison Rain's locker room talk. And basically the same as uh, Tennille Dashwood's thing. And they basically the whole thing was to introduce themselves as the influence. That was it, but it kind of went on and on. We saw Josh Alexander is more than ready for Jake something and become the face of the company as well. And 
and Christian Cage returns to Impact. And he said it's damn good to be back in the Impact Zone after nine years and stand in the ring as Impact World Champion. Although he works for AEW, it was a pleasure to take the titles from Kenny Omega and bring them back to where they belong. In 2005, he walked out of the biggest company in the world and Impact him. They gave him the opportunity to main event the championship to raise his stock, and that's all he ever wanted. Like he said, this is for real. Thank you. Um, again, really, really nice moment. He then said the TNA Championship, um, after all that's been done, should be retired. And uh, after a chant of TNA and general motion, we get him standing as Impact World Champion. And then Brian Myers enters, and we get a kind of tete te- te- between the two of them, building up towards the mer- the best bit of that is Cage saying that Mars is finally getting off Cardona's shadow. What do you think of uh, Christian back in the Apex zone as well, champion, and uh, as Brian Myers as his challenger? Uh, I mean, Brian Myers, I mean, he made a comment that he said, I've been, um, I think, burning the, the, the wrestling industry for the past year. You know, they got the best podcast and all that stuff. I mean, his promo was great. And it shows that I think he deserves the title shot for all the stuff that he has done. Uh, Christian Cage coming back, I think it was cool because of the history he has as being part of, of, of the alumni, just say alumni, part of TNA, whatever. It, it was cool. The only thing I that I felt that um, that he, they sh- he shouldn't have done was retire the team because, or whoever came up with the idea. Because first of all. Moose brought that out, I think it was last year, right? The TNA belt. And then they made it a world title. Now they're retiring. So it's like, what, what, what happened? It was too much for Christian Cage to carry old belts, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it was cool to see Christian because he just, I mean, he deserves the belt. I mean, and he, the history he has with uh, as far as TNA. But it's going to be interesting to see who's now going to knock him off his throne. There's a lot of competitors in there at TNA. Um, and, and Brian Myers, you know, he, he's perfect. He was the perfect because of the history as far as them being in WWE. And I like what Christian K said that, you know, I'm, I'm glad you came out of Cardona's shadow. You know, now, you know, you want a battle royal doesn't mean that you got into the top. So that whole promo, that it was pretty good. It was a, a nice promo, a, a nice little setup for the, for the wrestling match for yeah. uh, Emergence. Really nice stuff. Yeah, so you know, they 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 needed they needed that they definitely needed that type of um, you know promo to you know to push that uh, that pick. especially it was on a Friday. Backstage, Melina asks Trey Miguel if he still has the treehouse. He still knows how to get high, but asks if she can still do the splits. But he says, do we have to wait and see? But not long, and the answer is yes. And Melina versus Brandy Lauren. Melina via submission. Diana Pratso attacks Melina from behind. Matt Rayroll comes out to help Pratso, but Trey Miguel is here to make the save. He and Melina hold the ring as Pratso hold her title up high. And Melina looks okay. This is a fine enough match. and looks like the drama McKean is just uh, Diona's lackey now. What were your thoughts? Well, I still don't understand why NWA Impact decided to have these girls go at it and whatnot. Uh, you know, Perazzo attacking Molina, and then you know now you got Trey Miguel involved, the the the, the drama king. I, I feel like Impact Impact and NWA dropped the ball on this because if you really want to promote your NWA power. Uh, uh, whatever the kid that they're all women's pay-per-view, um, you know, you, you leave people again, cliffhanging. 
Let them see when they have a face-off because now you're going to see something two women who never have faced off before, never touched themselves as far as going at it. And you're going to have a match where you're going to be like, well, you know what? Let's see what happens. And then they're going to bring out all their their wrestling skills or whatever they have. And you may enjoy the match better. But when you go and you have Melina going to the ring wrestling, I don't know who the other girl was. And then you have Deanna Perrazzo attacking her. And I'm asking myself, does really Deanna Perrazzo have to attack her? You know what I'm saying? She don't need to do all that. Because the girl already proven she's a world champion in two different continents. Or better yet, Mexico and the United States. So, you know, like, do you really need to do this? I think they, again, they dropped the ball. Uh, and they, they, I think they had a tag team. Uh, they were supposed to have a tag team for emerges, which, I, again, you don't, if you want to push a paper, you don't put one of your top two um, wrestlers who you are promoting and is and they are hard, high in the, in the ladder or in the food chain in both federations or promotions, you don't put them against each other. It be a tag team or the other one attacks the other one. You let it happen. You know, uh, you know, you let it happen, let it happen originally. So, because now people, when they watch this pay per view uh, coming up tonight, because it is tonight as we're recording this, uh, yeah. uh, do you really going to sit there and watch it now? Because you see them go at it at, at you know, at the emerges and at, at impact. So, I don't know. Right. So, yeah, like you said, uh, it's a bit weird, but we'll see what happens. I have actually ordered the pay per view tonight, so I'll watch it probably tomorrow and see what the all woman show is like. But next, John Skyler talks I'm t- about. I'm, sh- I'm, t- I'm tempted to order it tonight. Yeah. I'm very tempted. But they, I think they have it on Fight TV for $40, both of them, for tomorrow and tonight. I'm tempted, but I'm like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch some. Yeah, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what happens. I've ordered it because I was like, yeah, it's just too much fucking around. Got to try and find it elsewhere. But we see John yeah. Schuyler talk about his shocking win from last week. Doesn't think it was. He was simply the better man. It wasn't Raju who rolled him up. And then the camera pans way to show Juice Robinson being attacked and David Finley is seeing to him. And then Jake something versus Caleb McKay. No disqualification. We see Jake something uh, win by spearing Caleb through a table. And Josh Alexander comes down to the ring for a brief stare down with something. This was a complete squash. Then we see Sue Young is holding a lock of Kira Hogan's blue hair. Kimberly calls her mother and says there's a new soul, but it won't last. And then the main event... I love that. I love Sue Young. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But that Sue Young back again at Impact, oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> this, what was she called? Sue? Susan, oh, my yeah. God. That's shit. They made her look so horrible with Kimberly. And when and and when I saw this, I'm like, oh shoot, Sue Young is back. I was so happy to see this woman back as an original character. I don't know who in the world was smoking pot or something that decided to change this woman to wear some business clothes while she wrestled. Yeah, well, like I said, great stuff. And then the main event, Doc Gallows versus Joe Doring. Um we see Joe Doring with a lariat to find Gallows to win. Bliss came after both wrestlers went through the stage floor because of Gallows sky high. They passed out and slowly made their way back to the ring minutes later. The delay vertical by Doring was hell of oppressive. It's like two Mack trucks and the stage bump was great. I've moaned about Gallows, but he showed up here. What do you think of this main event? Because I thought it was great. Yeah, you know that I, for one, was... Um complaining about the tag team match. I think it was Slanniversary where they had the four-way and I wanted to see Luke Gallows and, uh, and Dory go at it. Well, this was the match I wanted to see. 
the fact that they did that that bump in the stage, you could tell there was cushion in the bottom, but I think there was metal parts on top. That was a good that was a good uh, bump. Um, these guys showed that, and I love how Matt Stryker said it. He said, uh, "If you complain about getting up in the morning and wanna look at these two guys who just went through a stage and they still want to go and fight." Perfect. I, I love that that line he said. Uh, but this was, with, I mean, two big guys who went at it. I mean, Joe Dory. This again, he uh, they say he holds the record for the most triple crown champion in Japan. So, and he, and, and, I mean, the guy looks looks like a champion. He wrestles like a champion, and I mean, this was a good match. Two big guys. And, and Luke Gallows usually when he wrestles, I think he lacks a little bit of wrestling kill because he's a big dude. But this one, he really, really had to work hard. In his match, because Joe Dory, you know, this guy is not a slouch. It was a good match. I, I, I out of that, I get that match a four because these guys went at it, you know, all, all out, especially that bump. Yeah, without that, really, really good stuff. And it leads us to Emergence, which, of course, was the 20th of August. He opened the video, did a good job of tapping the path that took us. Jim Cage versus Brian Myers tonight. And then they opened the matches, Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green versus Rahit Raju. And Cardona to get those deathmatch king chance. Cardona dominated early, forcing Raju to constantly leave the ring to get some space. Uh, Cardona would toss Raju to the floor to follow a slide or dive. But still one of these that Raju managed to pull the ring skirt and completely make Cardona crash and burn. Cardona did make a comeback and went back and forth for Raju for a bit. But as they went on, Cardona got more and more momentum. Raju would get a couple of near falls. But after Raju tried to roll him up with his feet on the ropes, Cardona <coughs> came back with the radio silence for the win. After the match, Shira attacked Cardona, hit the choke slam on the knee. And Shira set for the running boot, but Green got the ring and confronted him. Shira reluctant walked away instead. What do you think of this opening matchup? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. Uh, it was a pretty good match. Um, I, gave, I gave this match three and three quarters. For the simple fact that you had the little guy, Rohi Raju, who was just outsmarting Mark Cardona during the match. Uh, and one of the uh, part I need. And I knew Shira was going to get interfering. This match, he chokeslam. I think he chokeslam uh, Matt Cardona by the ring somewhere, somewhere down there. But this match was pretty good. It wasn't a bad match to open up. At least we didn't get decay like we usually get. Uh, but this match is pretty good. I just, again, uh, the part of uh, Chelsea Green after the match confronting Shira and Shira not wanting to hit her. I mean, they're trying to make this woman like she's not scared of anything. They, they kind of meant trying to make her look like a uh, man from WWE, uh, Becky Lynch. So I, I'm like, okay, where are you going with this? And why is she the one teaming up with Cardona to face two guys? You know what I'm saying? And I know the impact allowed guys to wrestle girls, which is it, it's kind of uh, very unique because you don't see that in a lot of promotions. But I think uh, impact is, you know, going a little crazy with that. Yeah, no, I think I see what you're saying. We see this as impact progresses as well. Really competitive match, though. Good way to start the show. Right here, it's just so underrated as well. Anywhere else, yeah, yeah. people make a big deal. Uh, out of five, I'll give this three and three quarters as well. 
Next match, Decay, Rosemary, Havoc, Black Taurus and Crazy defeated. Tasha Steele, Savannah Evans, Falaban, no way. We see biting spots. We get a better look at Evans and Rosemary, but the latter getting cut off and isolated. Steele's and Evans kept it themselves to work on Rosemary. They built Havoc for the hot tag. And she came in and got quick nip. And we finally got the Hoss pair up. Havoc dominated until they tagged up. Stephen, no way, paired up, followed by Taurus and Barr again. Taurus and Rosemary hit a double spear on Barr for the win because no one was able to jump in time to break the pin. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know. Listen, this, I don't know why they took Bala away from teaming up with TJP. They got home with this. No way, Jose. Every time I see this guy, oh, my God, this conga line bullshit. I'm like, yeah, they, 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 you couldn't come to the impact with a different gimmick. And then Bala is another one at... Who's, I mean, his gimmick is, is not as bad, but you team him up with two roughhouse, like a Tasha Steele and Savannah Evans. I mean, Savannah Evans, I was very impressed. It was the first time I see her wrestle. Uh, she impressed me a lot. But I knew for a fact when I saw this match, I knew they were not going to win. I, I knew that Tasha Steele and the team, her team was not going to win. We don't want either the, uh, Bala or No Way Jose were going to get pinned in this match. The match itself was a little bit, had a little com- uh, comedic spots, whatever. Um, again, you know, Decay, um, and if it's not the first match, it's not the second match. And I think if you really are pushing Decay to be this, you know, uh, crazy-ass tag team or, or factions that don't give a rat's ass about nothing and, you know, they are for violence, then you need to cut off this dang comedy stuff, especially with, uh, what's the name, uh, Rosemary going backwards, you kick up, and then she comes back up, and I don't know. So this match, I gave it a three. They're lucky they got a three out of this. This was not this was not my cup of tea. And Tasha Steele and Savannah, having them team up with them, with No Way, Jose, and Bala, that doesn't make a good tag team. Because if you try to replace Kiara Hogan with Savannah Evans, and not, not, I'm not trying to knock Savannah Evans out because Savannah Evans is a good wrestler, but if you're trying to make Make up for losing Kiara Hogan with Savannah Evans. You can't have them team up with no way Jose and Bala. It can't. They're no. not going to look at the No, I agree with you. And TJP's been off impact for the past couple of months. So I guess they kind of want Fala and no way to be a team. And But I think Evan looks good in a debut. Comedy sold a well. Uh, for me, this was a fun multi-person match. To cable on the books about impact anyway. Uh, this is three and a half from me. And then we get a promo from Violet by Design about losing the titles because of weakness. But they've learned for it. EY put over Joe Dorn for last night's performance against Doug Gallows. And this had great energy. Um, and it yeah. looked like they might be turning face as well. Yeah, they're, 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 uh, the way I'm looking at this, their promos are great. I mean, Eric Young, when he does those promos, and whoever is creating those promos, they're on point with the video package, the editing, and their creativity. I think Rhino is going to be the one who's going to get kicked out and whatnot because he's been the one who was um, actually when they lost at anniversary, he was the one getting pinned. So, you know, but it's entertaining when I see Violent by Design. This is why I'm very, very not happy about as far as taxing is concerned. It's like Impact is flying with the Good Brothers. And I feel like Violent by Design is a different concept. I like the, the, the promos. I like what they represent. And I don't know. Impact dropping the ball again. Hello? Hello? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, still there. So, like I said, with impact, a slight problem there. Let's see if they can improve it. But up next, Steve Macklin versus Pete Williams. Both men start going at each other on the ramp before the bell. They got in the ring to start the match, but the action quickly went back to the floor where Macklin escaped. Destroyer attempt, and after Williams had dominated and chased around Macklin, Macklin caught Williams' runner and turned it into an apron for him to completely turn around the match. He completely dominated. Williams went for a second attempt at Destroyer, but again it was blocked, and Macklin hit the spear to the hanging Williams in the corner. Williams locked in a sharpshoot, but Macklin broke out by biting, followed by a low blow behind the referee's sight, and a mayhem for all for the win. And after the match, Macklin tossed Williams outside the outside. Your thoughts on this? I like what Impact is doing here. Um, they may see Macklin like this dominant guy, and uh, even though Pete Williams was a little shorter than him, and Macklin has size and muscle and power, I feel that they are pushing Steve Macklin to probably to probably title contention in the world title picture. And his domination in this match, I mean, he was completely control controlling the whole match. Uh, Pete Williams did a little. He tried to make a little small comeback, but I mean, I mean, Macklin. The minute he saw that Pete Williams was trying to make a comeback, probably would have pinned him. He had to go and do a low blow shot. But you know, I'm very impressed with Steve Macklin. I, I want to see where they're gonna go with this. They're not gonna do what they've been doing to guys like Moose and Will Morrissey. You know, you make them look this powerful, and then you just take the rug under them. That's what I'm saying. I'm not really sure what Macklin brings, but Pete is still great. It's a really competitive match. Little few. Yeah, it was. Between yeah. the two, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give that a three and a half out of five. Uh, I'll give it about, yeah, three and a half. We see Jim Miller interview Taylor Wilde about a match with Madison Rain and what strategy is to counter Tanil Dashwood and Caleb with a Kayla like to be. Wilde says she's ready for anything that led to the next match. Madison and Caleb with a K defeat in Taylor Wilde. The match started with both of them measuring each other with Wilde constantly getting a better rain to the point the ring to regroup with Dashwood and Caleb only to be in receive an end of a dive. Wild made a quick comeback before both women start to trade near falls at one point. Wild had a bridging German where Caleb pulled a referee but between Dashwood, Rain and Caleb distractions eventually allowed Dashwood to send Wild into the corner shoulder first ready for Rain to roll her up for the win. I mean this was just too much fucking about. What do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, what is it with these fucking roll-ups, first of all? Everything was fucking roll-ups. Uh, this three-on-one three match, it, it was just pretty much the best. I mean, you knew. You knew you had Caleb outside. You had Daniel Dashwood. You got Madison Rain coming out of retirement. I don't know why. Okay? To so go against Taylor Wilde, who was out of roughly for 10 years, whatever it was. And I really question the, the, the women's division right now as far as impact is concerned. Because it's like... You push it Taylor Wilde to the moon. You try to push this or not. You then you pushing her, but then you bring out Madison Rain again. Impact going back to the old school people because I, I, they need what? I don't understand it. And this is the part where I say if you're working with Impact, I mean I'm sorry with AEW, right? AEW has a bunch of cast of women female wrestlers that you could have used for this pay per view. And have them wrestle either Taylor Wilde or Madison Rain, you know, make it entertaining. But this was a fuckery everywhere because there was interference, um, three on one, and it was like she's not gonna be able to beat the odds. I don't know why this match is on and why they're pushing Madison Rain and Taylor Wilde. It just didn't make no sense to me. 
I mean, I, I'm like, you know what? I, this match deserves a 2.5 on me. It was not the type of female wrestling match that I, 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 I'm accustomed to. That was two and three quarters as well. It wasn't the best. And the, the, like I said, the ending was a mess. But then we see the good brothers getting interviewed and asking about Gallo's status of the match with no ring. Anderson Gallows was good because he's the best big man in the business. Tonight, they were successfully defend because they're the best tag in the world. And then next, the number one contendership for the Impact World title. Ace Austin versus Moose versus Sammy Callahan versus Chris Sabin. And Ace Austin's story of the match was that Fulton kept saving him, either by catching when he tossed out the ring or by straight up putting himself in between Austin kick his opponents directed towards him. Moose started the match taking everyone out followed by a couple of pair ups between the competitors. We saw Sabin take out Moose followed by some Sabin versus Austin and then Austin versus Callahan. Moose powerbomb Sabin to the floor on top of Callahan and Fulton followed by Austin hit a dive on all of them together. Moose was taken out by a triple super kick. Sabin took one from Austin and Callahan and Austin for each other for a 10 count knockout draw tease. Sabin and Callahan exchanged strikes, ending with Callahan hitting yet another pole driver, but Austin and Moose were there to cut him off. Moose hit two Uranagis on Austin and set up for the lights out, but Callahan got care, not realising he left Austin for, to pull him back for the roll up. Yes, another roll up to get the victory. And how many times do you just see like a chair accidentally hit actually get the job done? On Moose losing again. I don't want to take all your lines, though. Go on. <laughs> Listen, when I saw this match, and I said, okay, you got Callahan, who just lost to Omega about a month and a half ago. You got Ace Austin, who should have been world champion a year ago. You got Moose, who signed a two-year deal and has been on a losing streak. And then you got Chris Sabian, who I asked myself, why is he in the th- world title picture? We just spoke about that. A little while ago. Uh, this match was just a regular, regular match. I mean, I was I was, I was, was rooting for Moose. I'm like, can Moose win this match and get a title match where he don't have to go to a daily place and have the Young Bucks interfere and he loses? But then again, I looked at Ace Austin. I'm like, you know what? Ace Austin has been the guy who's been deserved a, a world title shot because this guy, he, he has it all. You know what I'm saying? The only difference is, he had the upper hand for the simple fact because he got Matt Matt Fulton out there, and Matt Matt Fulton is his backup, and you know he's gonna do everything possible to make sure that his man wins. The match wasn't bad; it wasn't bad. I, I, I'll give it a three and a half. But again, Moose losing another number one contention spot. Which asked me, and pretty much, you know, I asked the question: Who in the world is booking these matches? You know what I'm saying? Because why is Moose losing again? You know what I'm saying? And then roll-ups. Now, the person who won the match, I'm not. I'm happy with that because Ace Austin, you know, he been he deserves a world title shot. I mean, the man won the X Cup, the X Cup, and I think it was February or whatever it was, and he had to wait almost three or four months and go through six man uh, death matches or whatever it was to get a shot at the X Division title. And by the time he went, got the X Division title. Josh Alexander, who I think is the best wrestler right now at Impact, you know, you know, cut him off, and he, he you know, he took the belt. But again, Moose in the losing end. I like who won the match, Ace Austin. Now this leads me to believe where is Sabian and Callahan goes from. Um, it looks to me Callahan will be teaming up with Ed, Eddie Edwards, and don't be surprised if these guys challenge the Good Brothers for the World Tag Team Titles. 
So uh, as far as Moose and Sabian is concerned, I think Moose and Sabian are going to continue feuding because I, I don't think Moose has beaten Sabian yet. So either Moose takes out Sabian and puts, take him out of the t- TV, or I don't know, Moose is just uh, in limbo right now. Well, it's weird because ASOS and losing an impact then win here, and you're thinking, did they know that, or did they just make the change maybe? I'm going to give this a four out of five because it's some of the top talent on impact really delivering as well and ASOS will challenge up Victory Road against the winner Brian Myers versus Christian Cage and then we see an interview from Brian Myers she asked him if he can add what it took to defeat Cage Myers says that Cage was a phenomenal wrestler but he's over the government going up against the most professional wrestler and then mm-hmm. the X Division champion Josh Alexander versus Jake something uh, for the, like I said, the X Division title, the match was all about power versus technique. As much punishment, something dealt. Alexander just had better experience and awareness, and always found a way to escape. It was a delayed suplex that something finally got a two count on Alexander. Eventually, Alexander hit a desperation roll and fireman's carry slam. The need to the head to slow down something. Alexander could follow with a pin, but followed with a series of five Germans. Bridging the th- for a two count and then five more for yet another fall. Alexander desperately apologized on the apron and just asked for the count out, but something made it back. Back in the ring, something's angle was busted, but he still managed to powerbomb Alexander but not pin him. Alexander came back, kicked his leg out, and hit the C4 spike for the win in an absolutely fantastic match. It was both mentioned chance in acknowledgement. This was incredible. This is the closest thing that I've seen a wrestler tonight, Benoit. And I know I'm going to get a lot of shit from that with Benoit, but it's the kind of style, the tenacity. It's just everything that he's got. Credit to something as well. In it. First of all, people need to stop being so fucking, um, I say sensitive, because you mentioned Chris Benoit. <laughs> Chris Benoit was one of the best wrestlers out there. And what um, Josh Alexander did in this match, hit 10 German Super or Jake something, it was incredible. The match itself was classic. I think this match stole the whole show, in my view. Um, they were very close pins when it came to uh, Jake something. Jake something showed that he's one of those guys uh, that Impact cannot, uh, you know, ignore as far as him being somewhere in the world title picture. I mean, it, it, it kind of questioned the the way I think Impact is going along with this uh, X Division title because Jake something is not an X Division guy. Okay, that guy must weigh like 270-something, you know. But I guess they figured, well, you know what? We got to put challengers for Josh Alexander because this guy right now, if you think about it, in Impact right now, he's the number one man. The only difference is he has the Impact world title. Now, I don't know if Impact still goes with this option C. You remember that back in the day? Yeah. The option C. Will he be able to do that sometime down the line, maybe next year or something? But... This match was uh, incredible. I mean, Jake something was bringing it to Josh Alexander. I think this is one of the the most hard-hitting matches that Josh Alexander has had in quite a while. I mean, even though he had a crazy match in New Japan with Alex Coughlin, uh, and that guy gave him a hard time. Uh, but this match was like, Jake something, this guy was incredible. Ten German suplex, and he couldn't pin him. It's incredible. So, I, I and you may think I'm going I'm to sound crazy on this, but... I'm going to give this match a four and three quarters because this match outshine the whole emergence. 
I'm going to give it four and three quarters as well. This is when people say, you know, what makes a good match? It's two men giving everything, and this is what it is. And Alexander has this fantastic ability, as all the great wrestlers do, of kind of pulling out the best from someone else. And like I said, something may not be like the kind of or the best wrestler on the roster, but when you put him in with Alexander, it just magic. And Josh Alexander, one of the greatest division kind of reigns in the past god knows how long you know and i think yeah, we'll really stand sure. up uh, up yeah. next we see Pratso and Rideholt were interviewed by gene miller she asked about teaming against miguel molina Rideholt said they're getting in the ring with the most decorated woman perhaps they brought up and it was last year's emergence that she became the first ever iron woman and then jenna Pratso and matthew ray walt versus trey miguel and molina match started with molina and miguel showing off a bit once it came down to Molina and Raywalt in the ring, perhaps for Raywalt cut off Molina and isolated her from the corner. Perhaps they started to focus on Molina's arms, but we see a Fez press and a net breaker, and then she's free to tag Miguel. Raywalt Miguel came in the former, using his speed advantage to get the better of him, but he got hot enough that Miguel tried to do the spot where he slams her partner onto the opponent, except Raywalt moved out of the way. He then took out Miguel, and once again, Molina was a baby face in peril, this time with Molina striking in the back of her head, and then started the cradle for Raywalt for the win. Not the crispest wrestling for the women, but perhaps so dominant at this moment. This was kind of more like homecoming, a comedy mixed tag, you would say. But Melina looked like she enjoyed herself. What were your thoughts? Well, again, like I mentioned earlier today, I don't think this match should have happened. Because if you're trying to promote, again, NWA Empower, whatever it's called, these two women should not be nowhere in the ring at all. But this match was pretty good. I mean... Even though I, I I like the fact that they they uh, protected Melina with simple fact she got pinned by by the Drama King, not Perazzo. Um, I love how Yana Perazzo was not scared to go in the ring with uh, Trey Miguel. Um, but Yana Perazzo, I'm gonna keep saying it over and over because this woman is the number one female wrestler in the world. Not because she's walking around with two belts, which I mean, kind of. You know, you know, uh, pretty much how was the word I'm trying to use? You know, with those two belts, makes her that she is the best wrestler in the world right now. But you know, um, they protected uh, Melina, they protected Diana Peraza. But then again, I still say you should never put those two women in a ring if you're trying to promote a, a pay per view. You know, uh, again, I, I mean, I see Diana Peraza beating Melina at, at tonight's uh, uh, pay per view, but you know. But it goes to show you, I mean, after all this year, Melina still could wrestle. I mean, she's been, I mean, I named my daughter after her. So that's what we're talking about, probably 2006, 2005, when she was wrestling back then. So she's been around 15, 20 years, and she could still wrestle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't see no rust in her. Uh, but again, my beef is why you put these women in the ring if you're trying to promote your world champion in another federal promotions pay-per-view. And you put her in there with the person who's challenging her. It makes no, it makes no sense. What are you going to score out of five? Uh, I give it a th- three and a quarter. I mean, that- it had the little dramas here and there. Uh, I love the fact again, Trey Miguel, when it got into it with Diana Peraza, you don't see that anywhere else. But I guess Impact is like, hey, we don't care. Women are here to wrestle men. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Women empowerment. Okay, <laughs> the kind of. The the man on woman violence is a bit shocking, you know. If you, if you've not seen it for a while and you think, oh, and then you 
I don't want to say you get used to it, but like I said, it impacted. And then we see Christian Cage interviewed about his first defence tonight. Cage put over Myers, but told him he's not stepping aside for him. Maybe one day Myers will be the champion, but not tonight. And then the Impact Tag Team Championship on the line. The Good Brothers versus Violent by Design versus Rishwan and Willie Mack. Well, we're going to get into it. The match continues with a couple of pair-outs. First, Rhino versus Swan. And then into Swan versus Gallows, who along with Anderson, isolated Swan in the corner. Doring tagged in on Gallows and Swan went from being worked on the Brothers' corner to VBD corner. Both teams would continue trading control with Swan for a bit. Once Anderson was in there, Swan was able to escape and get Mack for the hot tag. Mack came in, took down everyone on the apron, smiling drop and moonsault combo. He hit a stun and went to the top right, but Rhino stopped him, tagged himself in, went for the gore. Gallows jumped in his track to Rhino, allowing Anderson to sneak up with a roll-up for the pin. And afterwards, Violet by saying berated Rhino for loss. And like I said, I guess the turn is coming back. But again, it's good that Heath will be back soon then by that. Again, not a bad match, like you say, but I think Joe Doring grown on me like, a little bit. I like the slam into the elbow. Not a bad uh, action, but a very WWE way of ending things. I'm going to give that three and a quarter. Listen, that tag team, I'm still going to question it because Violet by Design should have had the title match by themselves. Why are you putting in Willie Mack and, and, and Rich Swan? into the mix when you know, I have been complaining about this for weeks. Like, are you serious? Why are you putting this guy to, to, you know, in the ring? You know, I, I don't know. It, it kind of, it kind of, you know, it, it kills it. I don't like watching triple, triple, um, triple threat matches because, you know, yeah. Okay. It's kind of dangerous for the world champ because they don't need to get pinned, but you know, they need to eliminate this triple threat bullshit in wrestling because, yeah. That doesn't show that the team, let's say, for example, if Violent by Design ended up pinning Rich Swan and Willie Mack, does not mean they pinned the best tag team. You know what I'm saying? Because the world champions are the Good Brothers. I don't know. I, I wasn't really into that match. So, And the fact that the Good Brothers won, I'm like, you know, I didn't care. I was like, I'll give that shit up. And Joe Doring, I mean, the minute I saw Joe Doring came in at Impact and his size alone, I'm like, that man does not belong in Impact, as tall as he is. I'm like, he belongs somewhere in WWE because that's really the land of giants. But Doring, I mean, as big as it is, I like his roughhouse style. He reminds me a lot of Stan Hansen and Bruce Brody because his style of wrestling, you know, that hardcore. That's that old Japan style of wrestling. So, you know, but the match was all right. It wasn't like, like I said, once they announced it was a three-way, I wasn't happy about it. So I didn't really, I didn't really enjoy it. I hate three-way matches because it doesn't, to me, it doesn't, um, you know, shows me who's the best tag team. You know, the tag team is supposed to be one-on-one, not three teams or four teams, because at the end of the day, you know, a team could go and pin somebody else, and they may not be the best tag team in the match. I agree yeah. And then the main event, Impact World Championship on the line, Christian Cage versus Brian Myers. The match started with a little bit back and forth, measuring each other. Cage easily got inside Myers' head, out wrestling, which ended up provoking Myers to be more vicious. Cage stayed in control until he gave back to Bill. Deep shot to Cage. While it didn't hurt Cage, it serves as a distraction for Myers to cut him off with a slam on the apron and working over Christian's neck. 
but Christian did make his comeback, hit the great hits, the punches to the corner, the second back elbow, the rope snaps to the floor, and finally chased the kill switch, but released it to counter Bill, leaving himself open for a spear by Myers for a nice two count. The tilt world dated he from Cage, tried to follow with a kill switch, but Myers countered. He then set up the roster cut, but Cage with his spear and the kill switch for the win. In the in, in why well, I, I quite enjoyed this. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I enjoyed this match because it shows it shows that Brian Myers can hang on the world title picture tier. I hope he stays there. I mean, uh, Christian Cage is. Uh, you know, I remember when he first joined AEW. I wasn't too crazy about it because I was like, he's not gonna be the same wrestler that he was back in the day, and he has proven me wrong. I have enjoyed his last three matches that I've seen with him. Like one with him, Matt Hardy, the Kenny Omega match, and this Brian Myers match he had. Because it shows that even though this, this guy he has, hasn't wrestled seven years, he has not lost anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's like his matches, I enjoyed it. This match, I enjoyed it because there was two. It goes to show you two ex-WWE guys that WWE thought they were not worth keeping them. Shows you that these guys went and went in the main event of a world title match, you know. And it doesn't matter if it was an Impact, AEW, MLW, whatever. The fact that it was a world title match and they gave it it all and they showed what they, they still got in the tank. And to give you a good match, I give this match a four. And a, it was pretty good. Yeah. Like I said, this was Mars's biggest match of the career. Uh, the former Edge Hedge fighting Christian. This was solid rest of the match. I mean, nothing special, but two great p- pros. I'm going to give this out of five. You give it four and a quarter. Uh, so the match on the night, I think we both agree it's the X Division title on the line. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what's funny? How many matches the night, the match of the night or the match of the, of, of the event has been Josh Alexander? I think this is like the third one that we had seen, and he has been like the guy, the man. You know, and like I said, it won't be long before he has that Impact World Title run. Wait, if Impact does not see him as a world champion and they end up losing him to, I hope not to WWE, but lose it to somewhere else, um, they, they'll, they'll lose out. Because this guy, he showed that match with him and Jay something. It's incredible what this man, he could take a beating, but he could also give it. And right now, Josh Alexander right now, the last three months has been the at the whole Impact. Yeah, yeah like I said like we talk about Dublin Awards, of course, we do at the end of the year. At the Josh Alexander is the rest of the year, or especially in the past, you know, six month period as well. But the mm-hmm. MVP on a night, I'm going to say it's Jake something because we all know how good Alexander is. And like I said, something showing. I mean, I've watched the match again. This guy's got size, is obviously, you know, the look as well. There's a lot of potential there, so he's going to get my MVP. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I'm going to give it to Josh Alexander. Because of what he went through with Jake something. But I'm going to give credit to Jake something because he shows that, you know, first of all, the name something. I mean, they got to change that, but I'm getting used to it already. Uh, he got the size and the strength. And he should be in the world title picture. I want to see him wrestle Madman Fulton or Morrissey or Moose. Because that guy's big. He could wrestle one of them. And those, those matches could be good matches down the line. But... They have to do something. You cannot just put him in the X division. He loses to Josh Alexander. Now you put him to wrestle, I don't know, Rohi Raju, uh, Raju, and he loses to Raju. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's that they, they use these guys, but then they don't push him anymore. So Impact has to do 
something better as far as the talent that they have, uh, you know, and they should just do what they got to do, man. I mean, right now, you know, you know, they have to use their roster. They got to do something better with that women's division. You cannot have, um, you know, uh, the Ellering and, and Jordan Grace as your, your top two women's and then the rest of them are just like, oh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just crazy. But Impact's got to do better than that. Well, I'm going to give it an overall rating, eight and a quarter out of ten for, um, like I said, Emergence. Because maybe, you know, nothing ground-changing happening there, but with the Alexander match and the main event as well, to be fair, I think it's a good show overall. Um, I mean, I'm going to give it a seven and three quarters. I'm not even going to give it an eight because, again, I, I, I say... Impact is doing too many pay-per-views. You don't need to do too many pay-per-views. You got to build. You know what I'm saying? And, and me and you spoken about this the last time we, uh, we did an Impact uh, review. They had to stop this doing these little short uh, uh, Impact Plus pay-per-views because you need to build something for your bigger pay-per-views. Right now, they're going with Victory Row, right? Do you really need to put Victory Row? Put Victory Row for free on on, on on Access Channel. So people could go entertain and entertain themselves for two hours instead of putting them, you know, Impact Plus. People got to pay for it. And then it's, it's kind of a little disappointing because I ordered this uh, emergence. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm like, uh, here's the part that they kind of messed up. And I'm going to tell you what. They put the Josh Alexander match, right, which it was pretty good. I mean, it was the match of the night. But then they go and put the mixed tag team, which it wasn't that great, and then they put the world title. You can't end a damn pay-per-view like that. You have to pull back-to-back-to-back the three best matches of the night, you know, and they didn't do that. So they still got a lot of work to do, man. They have a lot of work to do. I will say one thing about kind of watching it and what I do here, or what in the UK, I don't know what it was about in America, but the Impact Plus app, like you said, the Impact Specials, I actually don't subscribe. Well, I do subscribe free you can watch impact on there and you can watch impact specials so if you're in the uk you only have to pay for the kind of the four pay-per-views that we're having watch everything else for free but we're talking about impact we've got one last episode to watch 26th of august and uh, we kicked some things off with a grudge match chris saban versus sammy callahan we see callahan connect a low low curb stomp followed by his cactus special 97 power driver but saban kicks out uh, we see saban hit a cradle shock and this Full succeeds. Chris Saban picks up the win in this bout, and then post match, Moose runs out and throws Chris Saban out the ring. Callahan slow rises his feet. Moose plants the lights out, and Moose throws his chill chair and a baseball bat. Looks like Moose is trying to recreate Callahan and Eddie Edwards from famous baseball bat instant. But then Eddie Edwards makes a save in time before Moose slams the baseball bat on top of Callahan, and he retreats. And Edwards and Callahan stand tall in the ring. Uh, and I like Saban, but like we said earlier, if it's the first time watching it. And why the hell is he beating Sammy Callahan? Especially after the year they had come so close against Kenny Omega. And the Eddie Edwards feud as well is kind of what we've spoken about. It's a bit weird. Yeah, because now, as like I said, uh, now I guess they figure, well, Eddie Edwards has been in, in God knows how many hardcore matches this year alone. Sammy Callahan losing to Chris Sabian that I have to question again. Why are you pushing Sabian? Unless you have something big for Sabian, you shouldn't have Sabian lose or being Sammy Callahan. So that was to show me yeah, that Moose is going to continue feuding with Sammy Callahan. I'm um, not Sammy Callahan. I'm sorry. Um, 
Chris Saban, and then Eddie Edwards and Callahan are going to be a tag team now because they, they really don't have anything else to do. Well, what are you going to put Sammy Callahan to do what? You know, they just lost the four-way number one contention. Same thing, uh, Eddie Edwards right now, he had his feud with Morrissey, and now you don't see Morrissey anymore. I don't even know if he's still signed with, the, uh, with Impact, I mean. So what else better to do to put two of the craziest guys or hardcore guys together, and they're probably going to start feuding with the Good Brothers. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's my fantasy booking in that department. I think that's exactly what we're going to see. Well, backstage, Tyler Wilde looks to seek vengeance in a 3-1 handicap match against the Influence tonight. And then Callahan finds Eddie Edwards. Callahan mocks Edwards' favour him earlier. Edwards reiterates again going forward. He doesn't need his help. Or does he? And then Mickey James cuts the promo, hoping in power pay-per-view. Deanna Pratsu interrupted, second in by Matthew Ray Walt. Pratsu laughed at the idea of Melina defeating her since she beat the former women's champion at Emergence. James talked trash for the knockouts champ on a sneak attack for Laverta Rosa. Trey Miguel made the save and Melina hit the ring. Lay Pratsu out solely ongoing feud. I mean, I'm looking forward to this match. Been nearly the same segment as the previous week. But Melina, I think, is just a pawn in the eventual Deanna Pratso mickey James match because he wouldn't ruin it yeah. with the paper so close. Yeah, and, that, and that's what it looks like. It looks like now Mickey James will be the next one to challenge Perrazzo because um, I remember Billy Corgan made a, uh, uh, a interview with a podcast this week and he talked about how Mickey James was able to, you know, NWA and Impact work together. You know, she was a big influence in that. And Mickey James is not signed under NWA. So she's pretty much a free agent for the fact that her husband is the world champion, Nick Aldis, in NWA. So she's just working, helping out NWA with us. So I see Mickey James, the next challenger for Deanna Peraza. Again, this is what I was saying earlier. You cannot do stuff like this because now me as a professional wrestling fan, and you yourself know the wrestling fan, and you know where the stories are going, now you know Melina's not going to win. Melina's not going to beat Deanna Perrazzo. So she's not beating Deanna Perrazzo. So then next thing you know, Mickey James will be the next one who's going to wrestle uh, Deanna Perrazzo. And and right now, I think they're doing this because now they're waiting to see if Tony Khan has to click and says, well, we're going to put Britt Baker versus Deanna Perrazzo because I believe uh, I, what the hell I was watching when they were asking who you think, oh, who you thinking, oh, it was one of the impacts from a couple of weeks ago where they asked Deanna Perrazzo, who you going to think is going to win is Kenny Omega or Christian? She said she didn't care that when Tony Khan is going to open the door where she could go and wrestle the woman in AEW. So right there is going to tell you right there that we're going to know that Mickey, we already know Mickey James is next. You know, this is the interesting thing. Like I said, that's what was kind of leading into now, but it's a bit surprising as the papers, like I said, it's tonight for the build there. But we move on. We see Brian Myers is teaching Sam Bill more about how to be professional. This week, that's allowed to do with the gear. Bill thinks Miles is deflecting following his loss to Christian Cage last Friday. And the next match, Chris Bay versus David Finley. Bay controlled the match, heading into the break, and continued to beat down Finley until the second gesture star flew through the air and wiped out his opponent with a plancher. Series of near falls gave way to base stacking Finley up and using the ropes for an ad leverage and a tainted victory. So the newest Bullet Club member of the win. And Bay has the best selling shirt on impact. I don't know what your thoughts on that and the matches as well, but it looks like Chris Bay is on the way up. Well, I, I don't know about that shirt because that shirt looks horrible. I don't know about that. The number one wrestling shirt on impact, I guess because it's 
Bullet Club. Uh, is it me or Chris Bay looks like Kofi Kingston? His whole gear. That's a bit of a similarity. Yeah. yeah. But the match itself was pretty good. Um, I mean, my thing is, where was Jay White this week? Why he didn't come out with, with, with Chris Bay? These are supposed to be Bullet Club members, you know? The match itself was pretty good. I had I, I said to myself, if David Finley beats Chris uh, Chris Bay, then what's the point of Chris Bay being a Bullet Club member? You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, was you surprised when he won the match? No, he's a Bullet Club member. They cheat. That's what they do. The match itself was pretty good, but he found a way to win. And, and you know, I, I was happy with that. You know, it just, to me, as far as ring gear, he kind of, I was looking at it like, yo, he looks like Kofi Kingston. He wrestled like Kofi. He got the same, almost the same hairstyle, the same gear. I'm, I think he's a little better than Kofi Kingston. But he got similarities, though. But the match was decent. It wasn't that. Well, we see Rich Swan and Willie Mack were losing at Mergence because they weren't the ones pinned. They're prepared to go to war with the Good Brothers for another shot at the Impact World Tag Titles. We see the Exhibition Champion, Josh Alexander, Say issue an opener challenge. He welcomes all former X Division champions to step up. And then Christian Cade made his way to the ring, fresh off a defence against Brian Myers. He laughed off the idea of Ace Austin beating him for the title of Victor Road on September 18th before Tommy Dreamer interrupted. He paid respect to Captain Charisma and revealed his desire to wrestle him time. Austin and Mamma fooled and butted in with a former label himself a 24-year-old prodigy and telling Cage that his bag's about to become a lot lighter when he travels around the globe because at Rich Road, he's taken the impact well tighter. Um, we are going to see Dreamer versus Cage at some point, but all joking aside, oh, real emotion God. here. Oh. I thought it was quite good stuff. I bet you hated it. Oh, uh, listen. When I saw Tommy Dreamer come in the ring, I'm like, this fool is going to go and ask for a title shot. And wow, 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 wasn't I wrong? I wasn't wrong because I knew this was going to happen. He said, I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm like, dude, why you got to put yourself at trying to make yourself relevant in a program when, yeah, this is what I'm saying. I think Trami Dream is the one who booked these stupid, stupid matches. I, I have a feeling it got to be in because – now he booked himself for this segment where now he's going to work as hard as everyone else. He was a title shot for Christian Cage down the line. And now he's in the title picture now. If he gets, you know, if, I believe is if Austin loses to him, now it's going to be a three-way. Again, a three-way, which I can't stand. Um, so I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Why is Tommy Dreamer anywhere talking about him trying to get a title shot? You know, and, 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 and I mean, I was like, oh, boy, I, I was shaking my head through this whole damn segment. When yeah. they started going to open his mouth, I'm like, where is James? So I could tell him so I could just <laughs> scream my lungs out and complain about this stupid segment. You are right about this. Well, Eric Young tells Rhino because of him, he cost Violet by design another well tagged him to rain. Uh, he asked Rhino if he's ready to get cleansed and the holy waters have changed. And then, like he talked about, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton with Scott Damore. And if Dreamer can be Ace Austin next week, he'll be added to the match at Victory Road. And then Taylor Wilde versus the Influencers. Uh, the number games oh eventually God. proved too much. Uh, Wilde rolled Rain up with an alert dash with Rockton with a spotlight kicks and the Hells picked up the win. And they beat Wilde after the bell until Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellerin made the save. Um, again, what were your thoughts on this? Because for a second I thought the face was going to overcome the odds, but I was quite glad it did in mm -hmm. the end. No, no, no. I knew that. 301, I was like, 
when she's I accepted the challenge of 301, I was like, this is a stupid gimmick. This is a stupid story right now. You want to put yourself to wrestle three against one? So I'm like, okay, she's going to lose, and somebody's going to come from the back, and they're probably going to come and help her. I, I didn't expect that Jordy Grace and uh, Rachel Ellery to come out, but I knew this was going to happen. So they're trying to push Taylor Wilde to the moon, and I don't understand why. I don't know what they're doing this with Madison Rain. They're doing this with Taylor Wilde. Women who already had the chance to become a world champions and made a name for themselves and probably are in the TNA or Impact Hall of Fame. I, I, you know, it, it's, this is what I'm talking about. Impact puts segments that I'll be like, I question, why? Why would you even book a match three against one and you're going to put the person who was facing the odds to say, I chose to wrestle three on one? What? I, I mean, I was shaking my head. Well, backstage, Sue Young and Kimberly break up Brandy Lawrence and drag her with them. We then look back at Steve Matlin and Pete Williams' matchup at Emergence. Then we see the end of tonight's before the impact, which saw Williams running and cost TJP the victory against Matlin. Backstage, TJP is furious that he took the loss. Pete Williams comes in the frame and TJP wants to make clear he does not have an alliance with him. You thank Williams for saving him tonight. And he cries out from this point on, they stay out of each other's way. And then backstage, GCW world champion Matt Cardona calls out Rahit Rajashira. Green wants them all to have a tag match next week. And then Jim asks Tasha Stills the final evidence where they go from here following the defeat. Palabaru, the shot of becoming top contenders for knockouts, tug titles, and Bar and No Way come in and promise they'll make it up to them. And next week, or the next time we look at Impact, which at the moment will be at the beginning of next month, we'll do uh, quick Impact results and, of course, look at Victory Road. We've got Josh Alexander's Exhibition Title Open Challenge, ASOS versus Dreamer, and you versus Taylor Wilde, Jordan Grace, Rachel Ellerin, and, of course, Rahit Raju and Shearer versus Cardona and Chelsea Green. And now the main event, championships contender match, the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan and Minnie Mac. Mac was worked on, but a hot tag to Swan changed momentum. Swan took down Gallows. Frustrated Anderson appeared to have victory in his hands. The spine busted by machine gun, cut off his momentum, but the former world champ recovered and scored the win for his team with a quick counter into another roll-up. And after the match, the infuriated champions attacked the victors, driving Swan face first in a steel chair, and Mac threw a table. What were your thoughts on the main event? Uh, dude, you know what? I, I really didn't pay mind to this match, but once they got put to the table, I'm like, I hope this damn um, feud between Mac and Swam is over. Because, again, they don't deserve a tag team title match. They lost twice, twice, not once, twice, when they were given opportunity. And now, and when I see stuff like this, it's because they don't probably have anything for them as far as, you know, singles. Because, you know, Rich Swam was a world champion, Mac. He's been feuding. He was feuding with Morrissey. So, well, hopefully we'll get to see now the Gorillas of Destiny probably show up at Impact because it has to happen. We're in, what, August now, going to September? So it has to happen sooner or later because now, you know, I, I don't know if Kenny Omega is coming back to Impact. I, I highly doubt that. So now you're going to see stuff that you're going to be wondering, like, okay, they're going to have to elevate the, the as far as the matches and what the storylines they got to give to these guys. Because now the Good Brothers is beating everybody. Who's going to be the next challenger? The only thing, the only people I think that should come to Impact and probably challenge them 
is the Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Like I said, we'll be back watching Impact at the start of next month. So the beginning of October, view Victory Roads then and look towards Bound for Glory. Well, hopefully we've got that match. Um, so Impact has got a lot to change. You know, I mean, like we talk about it, I'm still enjoying it. You know, there's a, a lot of good things to Impact Wrestling. I know sometimes we can make it sound negative. But, I mean, overall, the, the wrestling's still good. It's just a couple of, like you said, booking decisions, isn't it? And I think if they sort that out, Impact can get even higher than where they are now. Yeah, I mean, again, um, yeah, we may sound negative on it. Um, again, when they do put the pay-per-views together, they try to give us a, a, a good, a good, solid event. Again, my, my I'm going to keep repeating this, is they don't need to put pay-per-views every month they what they need to do is build storylines you know again they have a lot of talent in there you know right now if and i meant to mention this that when um they show Juice robinson taking out a couple of weeks ago uh when they were interviewing josh schuyler okay this is a guy who pinned matt cardona but in the middle of his interview you're gonna disrespect i find i find this one they disrespect a wrestler when they're in the middle of an interview or whatever, and then they change it for somebody else. Oh, look, this person got hurt. That's WWE-like stuff, you know what I'm saying? And I think Impact, as good as they try to be, they try to steal little stuff that WWE does. And you cannot start doing that because what happens is people are going to catch up to it, and, and you're going to turn people off with that. Like I said, they got a lot of talent. Violent by Design is one of my favorite heel faction right now. Especially Eric Young. Eric Young right now with this volume by design and his promos are golden. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think if you look at Chris Bay and Ace Austin, Josh Alexander, uh, the good brothers when they were on form, uh, even like kind of Sammy Callahan and people like that, they're kind of really great talent and impact and like you said it's just a few things here and there and i think they can really you know like i said i've been watching it now for nearly a year kind of week out and it has been yeah i think yeah i think i've been watching it now for the last eight months and whatnot i didn't even have it on my um, my dvr i started recording it again but you know and some some stuff i fast forward because it doesn't interest me but then i'll be like okay this storyline it's pretty good. Like uh, this week, we saw the Sabian and, and Callahan. I was like, okay, let me sit down and watch this. And they better not let uh, um, Sabian win. And sure enough, Sabian won. And I was like complaining about it. But but then again, see, because I look at the negative part, but then I look, I say, okay, where are they going with this? Okay. Again, say the Sabian part, you're pushing the guy who's won every tag team that titles in there. He won the world title when he beat Bubba Ray Dudley back in the days of the Aces and Eight. Um, even though his reign didn't last for like a month. Um, then, you know, but then I look at the, okay, what's the positive coming out of that? So the positive coming out of that, now you see that Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan are going to end up being a tag team now. You know what I'm saying? For where he's going to go, it's going to be interesting because Sammy Callahan is the type of guy that you can't really trust him because the guy's nuts. That's his gimmick. You know, Eddie Edwards, he's hardcore, but Maybe they're the ones now who's going to end up feuding with the Good Brothers because the Good Brothers need somebody. You know what I'm saying? If you're not bringing in the Good uh, the, the Gorillas of Destiny to Impact, then that's the tag team you need to put. We're probably going to see them feuding with TJP, which is 
a pretty good matchup because these two guys, they, they I mean, Petey Williams been around forever, but he can still go. So now again, the moves, the guys that I'm worried about is moves where he's gonna go because right now you really don't have anything unless he's gonna continue competing with Xavier. And then the Josh Alexander, he's calling out all former X Division champions. Who knows who's gonna show up from back in the days from the X Division? Yeah. So, what was like, though, like I said, a bound for glory. Like we talk about tag matches. Josh Alexander, maybe against like AEW talent or someone like that to really kind of showcase himself. I guess also, Miro. I'll say Miro. Fucking, that would be a killer. Yeah, but also, think about it. Think, we've, think about not it. Mentioned, we've not mentioned Christian, you know, and, and the world title and what kind of direction they're going to go that for bound for glory because I, we I, assume, I, you know, he's going to lose it all out. Uh, he'd still be champion. He should be able to get Ace Austin. So who steps up then? So I think it's a really interesting times at this moment for Impact. But I think Ace Austin is going to be Cage. I, I have a feeling he's going to be Cage. But I, I don't think Cage is going to be long-term champion. Um, you know, if he if he is, I'll be surprised. But um, if Ace Austin, if they don't give the belt to Austin, again, the question will be. Who are you going to give the belt to? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the Bound for Glory stuff, I think the John Alexander, he's probably going to beat up, beat everybody also. I, I, listen, the match, if they, listen, Impact will hit a home run. If they're able, Impact and AEW gonna hit, will hit a home run if they're able to put John Alexander versus Miro, champion versus champion. Well, like I said, if they do that, that will be absolutely phenomenal. So that is nearly it for today. Like I said, it's always great having you on to look at Impact Wrestling. But we did mention on a live show, uh, we were raising money for charity. Literally, I was. And I said for the Little Princess Trust, if we gave ourselves two months to raise £200. And incredibly, in six days, that total was reached. So just like to thank everybody who uh, gave money. For, and what we're going to do is actually extend it as well. So we're going to add money to it so you can still donate there. And if we get the total that I've made now, I will donate the beard. Or oh, not donate beard. I will shave the beard as well as part of that. So just incredible. You cut your, you cut your hair? So what's going to happen, like I said, yeah, we gave ourselves two. If we raise the total, I would cut my hair. And unfortunately for me, it was raised in six days. So I'm going to have to cut my, hair, cut my hair anyway. But I don't mind throwing in the beard for any extra money as well. And that's on Facebook and the Dubbing Up podcast. You'll be able to find all that there. But again, fantastic stuff from, from that as we record it, of course, because this episode's coming up Wednesday. Uh, but we're going to have more Altmore one as well because you're coming back in a week and a half or a couple of weeks as we record it for the pay-per-view uh, review which will be good stuff but that is it for today don't forget we're across all social media twitter at the dubbing on podcast i'm at the dubbing rjr where are you uh, and around your stuff i'm at the choke slam wrestling report you guys can find me on all social media outlet facebook instagram twitter um, and the audio podcast, you can hear it at Apple, Spotify, Amazon. And the Dubbin' are also on Facebook and Instagram, of course, all the good platforms. So that's an email at Podcast at gmail.com. People send a lot of emails asking if we're going to finish the New Japan stuff, and we did today, so that will keep you, everybody, happy. You send the emails in oh, for that. Oh, they said you started it, but you didn't finish when you're going to do it. So I thought we'd do that for them today. 
and that, that keep them happy. And they're asking a lot about how they can uh, donate through Twitter as well. And like I said, we'll post a link on. You can go through Facebook, on SoundCloud, also Spotify and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode is AW Prelude with Jaxi. But the following weekend, the Ultimate One is back for the pay-per-view of All Out. Until then, I've been Jay Rose and I was joined by the fantastic Ultimate One again, buddy. Thank you so much for joining me, and I really appreciate yeah. you putting yourself through Impact Wrestling for the WNR <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I might have to drink a lot of vodka to watch the Anyway, but it, it's a pleasure doing it. I mean, I have fun, and you know, I don't want your fans to think I'm, I'm negative, but hey, I, I speak facts, and that's why I have my podcast is I speak facts because I'm not gonna, you know, uh, sugarcoat anything. You know, I'm just gonna keep it real, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing this. Without a doubt, and like I've said, you'll be hearing from our. Thanks for listening, buddy, and bye.